Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome to episode 50 motherfucking two, everybody. Oh, wow. 52, like my average math test score, I feel like. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that number a lot. Yeah. You know, actually, one time I got a 49, which was pretty impressive. And a lot of like the high school math tests would say like, see me next to this grade. Right. And I'm like, what do you what do you possibly want to talk about? Like, clearly what we've been talking about in all the classes is not getting through. Like, what else right. could we possibly have to say about this? Well, I just... <laughs> (laughs) remember my I first of all I was a Spanish major if people don't know this in college and my mom for some reason was like you need to take calculus even though it's not required I'm like gonna make you take calculus in college you have to do it so I started taking calculus and I fucking suck at math and like halfway through the class I was like nope I'm dropping this and so I dropped you know it has like an eye on your yeah incomplete permanent yeah, a permanent record or whatever. Right. I was like, this is better than getting an F. And then I yeah. retook it the next year, but I had to have a tutor. And then I finally, because otherwise the I stays on your record if you right. don't like retake it. Yeah. So I had to retake it. Anyway, my po- I guess my point was I sympathize with you because I definitely got some 52s on my calculus test. Yeah. And there's 52 weeks in a year. Natalia also. Oh, that's true. I was about to say there's 52 states. And then I was like, no, that can't be right. It's 50. (laughs) No, No, but there's territories. The point is that it's a number and that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a good number. It's definitely got some significance. Um, Five plus two is seven. Seven's a lucky number. Right. What else? What else can we drag into this? If this is your first time to listen (laughs) to this podcast, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry because. Oh, I like that. Because I'm normally sorry and I need to stop. Yeah. 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 All right. Now I'm like all fired up. I'm just angry for no reason. Yeah. Right. That's how I like going into these episodes. Let's start angry. Yeah. And finish sorry. Well, the episode that I'm going to do for you today when I was researching it, I really, really went like deep down into a hole and I was like, where am I? How will I ever like return? <laughs> I tweeted out something like some rabbit holes can never be returned from. I will never know peace again. I saw that. Which is true, I think. You know when you do an episode and you legit get scared and you can't sleep at night? Yes. That was me last night. Like I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking that like something was on my ear. Something was breathing down my neck. And then at one point... I heard something and it was probably nothing, but I like shot up. Right. I, I just freaked myself out even more. I don't know. Because then, then I get in my head. Yeah. Well, that's how you know it's going to be a good episode because that's how I felt doing the Happy Valley Dream Survey. I was like <laughs> hearing noises, like my phone would ring. I'd be like, it's them. Right. Like they they found me. Paranoia. Yeah. Well, last night at 4 a.m., my dog somehow broke out of his kennel, got scared because it was dark got lost in the house, ran over to my bedroom door and just started screaming. And I was reminded, you know, like that meme where it's like a little alien in a doorway and it's like, mom, I just threw up or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. That's exactly what it was like. I heard the screaming. I was like, what is going on? I opened the door to the hallway and I just see like his silhouette. He's really small, like six pounds. Mm. And I just see his silhouette standing there like, mom, I threw up. I can't find my crate. Like, help me. Did he see ghosts? I wonder if they saw the same. I don't know. Ghosts that I saw. Did you see a ghost last night? <sighs> I thought I did. Well, I don't want to give away too much because I, I oh, okay. whatever the story I'm going to do today features the same 
ghost but i thought i saw it for a minute i was like really fucked up by this story yeah okay i'm really excited about this right and i like actually did good research on it so (laughs) it'll be a good episode because we you never really know what you're gonna get with me lately (laughs) well but you have some very exciting news i hear that you're ready to share with our audience natalia is that true yeah so Alyssa knows what this news is and she's known for a while, but I I just think there's no way anyone could possibly know what this news I'm about to share is. So like, (laughs) take a moment, think to yourself, what is the news I'm going to share? Maybe pause this and like comment on the SoundCloud or comment on Instagram because I really don't think anyone's going to get it right. Wait, wait. Okay. Do you guys think that Natalia, A, uh... Oh shit, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just thinking about what it actually is. And so then I can't think of like any lies. Like right. wait, do you think do you think Natalia A got abducted by an alien? Mm. B died and became a ghost. Mm. C adopted five more horses. Or D other. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what a letdown. What a letdown. Um, okay. Drum roll. I am. I don't know which one I want to tell first. I guess I'll go with the more exciting first. I okay. am pregnant, guys. Woo! I know woo, woo, woo. it's very silent in here because people are like, uh, can this be good? Is this bad? No, this is a very good thing. I'm very <laughs> excited about it. We're very excited. I'm having a baby boy. He's either going to be a Taurus or a Gemini. And then my second bit of news that's also very exciting is I recently got engaged. Yay! Yeah. Positive hauntings. Can you guys believe it? Yes, absolutely. 2020, everyone dying and complaining and me got a man <laughs> and a baby. There you go. I feel like you and your boyfriend or fiance now are like perfect for each other. So for me, it's like not surprising that you guys got engaged. Honestly, I always thought getting married was pretty. I don't I didn't think I I don't know if I was going to do it because I just felt like it wasn't something that felt authentic to me. And I still don't know if I'm going to do like a normal wedding. Like all that wedding stuff sounds so cringe to me, like dancing with my dad. Like what the fuck even is that? (laughs) Like I love my dad. I'm not fucking touching my boobs to his chest for like five minutes while everyone's staring at us when some weird song is playing in the background okay right well you told you sent me a really long text message like a month ago about how your plan for your wedding is to make it like a giant like larping event where you're dressed as a queen there's like medieval dressed as dragons yes like you're there's jousting folks on horses i know so as soon as i got pregnant obviously like everyone in my family is super pumped about it because there hasn't been a baby in our family for like 17 years so then my mom started telling the aunties and once the aunties know it was it was like not gonna stay in the bag for very long so then I I was like okay the the aunties know now so now I have to tell the let's get haunted family before they find out from an auntie because they're not going to be happy if that's the way that they find out right because our let's get haunted fam are haunties so you can't tell the aunties without telling the haunties are you kidding yeah Yeah. my mom has obviously been you know like what are you gonna do for your wedding like blah blah blah. who are we gonna invite no 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 and I told I sat my parents down when they were visiting me with my boyfriend at the time or fiance I guess and I was like here's what I want to do weddings are super expensive like ridiculously expensive and just you telling someone that it's for a wedding 
wedding. Like if I tell a baker I want a wedding cake, they upcharge it by a lot just because yeah, it's for a wedding. They do. Yeah. If I mm-hmm. like try to go to get an event space and I'm like, this is for a wedding, it's going to be more expensive than if I was like, this was for a birthday or a bat mitzvah or whatever. So I just made a choice. I was like, you know, I want to I want to have it like in the woods and like very like Lord of the Rings sort of meets Game of Thrones, very medieval kind of like fantasy themed. And I want there to be a bunch of fucking animals. Like I want the ring bearer to be a hawk, which is illegal in California, but I don't care. <laughs> and I want horses to be there and kind of like a Ren fair. Like I want like caterers or whatever to be in costume as well. And right. My mom was like, well, we're not giving you any money to do that. That's so stupid. (laughs) And then my fiance, like not wanting to get on my mom's bad side because she's scary, was just just sitting still, even though he likes the idea. He's like, yeah, I'll be a knight in like a suit of armor, you know? Right. And so it's going to be a fight, I think, with my family about like what constitutes a wedding or not. So, but no matter what, it's going to be dope. Do you know when? No, I probably will do it after the pandemic because, okay, all, there's like a bunch of stuff about like how a wedding is just about like you being in love with your partner and stuff. And, and, and I don't think that. I think a wedding is supposed to be like a really fun party and it's like one time for you to just blow a bunch of money on some stuff that's stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what sounds more exciting to me than just blowing a bunch of money on like stupid stuff? So like, (laughs) obviously I want my wedding to just be themed and to be super fun and to be different. I want to like art direct it. So all the stuff about like, oh, it should just be about you and the ceremony of love and whatever. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that later. Yeah. (laughs) Love ceremony, whatever will come later. (laughs) Do you remember Peter and M from college? Yeah. They had their wedding before the pandemic and it was Peter Pan themed. I love that. She had fairy wings. Like our friend Eduardo, he came to the wedding dressed as Captain Hook. Like people were wearing like elf ears. It took place in a forest in Northern California. Like all the uh, groomsmen were wearing like newsboy caps and suspenders. It was like, it was very magical. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, when I found out Natalia was pregnant, I got really excited because I was thinking like what can I like get her for a baby gift what and I'm I'm not a practical person so like maybe a normal person would be like oh diapers or like formula or I don't know something like that clothes no let me show you what I got Natalia. oh I'm so excited I'm gonna see a present I love presents yes okay it's really cute. I'm going to have to, it's heavy. So I'm going to have to put down my mic to okay. show you this. So you're going to okay. have to narrate to the audience what this is. All right. I'm narrating. Okay. Here we go. Oh my God. They're books. And one says the super tiny ghost, a Merry Christmas surprise. And the other one says, oh my God, this is so cute. They're, and the super tiny ghost, a very haunted Thanksgiving. Wait, these are children's baby books about a little haunted ghost. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little tiny ghost that's spooky and he like doesn't know how to like exist as like he has so much love in his heart, but people are afraid of him and he just has like a really great holiday time. Oh, I love that. (gasps) Thank you, Alyssa. That's so exciting. One of our um, listeners actually linked it to me a couple months ago. They were like, oh, look at these books. I feel like you guys would like them. And I was like, holy shit, children's books about spooky little tiny ghosts. I love that. Thank you, Alyssa. Oh, that yeah. Makes, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm really it's excited about this whole process of 
chaos. Have you started like nesting yet? I've heard that term before. Yes, in my own way. Like it's really weird. So I'm have so many hormones going through my body that my personality has legitimately changed. Mm-hmm. It just my voice is different. The way that my brain works is different. Like what time I wake up and go to sleep is different. I'm just a genuinely different person. It's like a very grounded feeling. Like I feel normally I'm very chaotic. I always want to go, go, go. I want to do a million things. I want to have like my hands on all these different projects. But ever since I got pregnant, I've just really felt like stillness. Like I just want to sit and I want to observe and listen and take things in. And yeah, so like the nesting has definitely begun. Like I, but I mainly just to buy kawaii things for the baby. (laughs) I bought this really cute little bear swaddle. So like when babies are born, they are like a potato. For some reason, they hate to use their arms and legs because they want to feel like they're in the womb. So you have to like wrap them up like a mummy. So I got this special swaddle where you wrap them up and then it makes them look like a bear with like little bear ears and a tail and stuff. And I just like, I've gotten a lot of baby accessories. Yeah. Well, so okay. Then I'm glad I didn't get you a baby accessory. Yeah. I love the book. You're going to do a better job at getting the kawaii stuff than I would. So I'll stick with books and you get all your kawaii shit. Thank you. From Auntie Alyssa. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Anytime. Do you know what you're going to name your son yet? I do. We're going to name him Enzo, um, E-N-Z-O. Yeah. So my fiance, um, he's like an amateur race car driver and he does like all these like race car things. And so he's really into driving and that's what was his passion when he was a child. So we're going to do Enzo. Also, because we're both like fast and furious, you know, we like met each (laughs) other and we're like, let's get pregnant. Let's get engaged. Let's do it. You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Balls to the wall. Love it. I know. It's pretty gangster. I, I was thinking about yeah. it and I was like, this is pretty gangster because there's a lot of people who are like really afraid to do either one of those things. And the fact right. that like he was just like, let's do it. It was cool. I was I, I, I like called him on his bluff. You know, I was like, oh, you want to get pregnant and get engaged? Like now we did it. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for you. Everyone, um, if you could leave a comment, tell Natalia congratulations because these are two like very large life events happening during a pandemic. She's fucking doing it. Leave some well wishes in the comments below. Yes. And I'm very excited to have this news out because there's been a lot of things I've wanted to complain about on the podcast, but I haven't (laughs) been able to because no one knew I was pregnant or engaged yet. So from now on, you're going to be able to know like the inner the inner circles truth well it's like the thing that pops out to me i don't remember if i cut it out of the episode or not but when we were recording with steve zaragoza there was a point where you were like hey guys i need to like go grab like some saltines because i'm like feeling really sick oh i and steve was like oh why are you feeling sick and you were like oh because um (laughs) i have a food poisoning or something (laughs) yeah so i feel like yeah now you don't have to worry about it you can just be like look bitches i'm pregnant give me a minute i gotta go get my ginger tea and my saltines I will be back. Yes. And not to throw every pregnant woman under the bus, but if you've thought that I've sounded extra dumb these past four months, it's not in your (laughs) head. I have sounded extra dumb because I have pregnancy brain and poor Alyssa has had to deal with this. So like when all of the first merch merch orders came in was right when I got pregnant and I was so overwhelmed with just like reading and like getting everything packed up and to go. I was like crying every day. Like, how do I take this to the post office? And I did everything 
everything <laughs> wrong multiple times and kept having to restart. It was horrible. Well, both of us did things wrong, to be fair. And I'm not pregnant, so I can't blame it on pregnancy brain. I, like, made this beautiful spreadsheet, but then somehow missed, like, 10 orders that had come in, like, and didn't add them to the spreadsheet. So then some people were, like, messaging us, like, hey, I still haven't gotten my tracking number. It's been, like, two months. And I was like, how is this possible? And then we went back into our email account, and I was like, how did I miss these? Like, I literally did a keyword search, and every email that popped up, I added to this spreadsheet. I don't know how I did it. I just did it. I did it the worst possible way you could do it. Like, I packed all of the bags up and then, like, numbered them before I weighed them and bought the postage for them. And then I was confused what bags were what, and I had to, like, unpack (laughs) all of them to make sure I got... It was just so stupid. I, I, like, there's no time to explain. Yeah, there's no time to explain. (laughs) All you need to know is that Natalia is pregnant and she's engaged and it's a fucking happy ass time. Let's get haunted is not going anywhere. So some people are like, oh no, that means the show is ending. We're not ending. This is just a new chapter and we're going to keep trucking along and you're going to get some dope baby updates. I mean, what (laughs) else could you possibly want? Yeah, I think motherhood is going to be extremely haunted. So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm glad that you finally got to tell people. That's like probably a big weight off your shoulders. Yeah. I've just been lying a lot lately. And so now I feel a little (laughs) bit better about it. Right. Well, that's very exciting. Everyone, like I said, leave a comment below. Say congratulations. Send some baby shit to our P.O. box and I'll ship it over to Natalia's house. Do whatever you want to do. We got a new haunted member of the family coming along. The haunted fam coming along. Yes. I just want to point out our goal has been to keep our intros around 20 minutes. Perfect. We did it perfectly. Did it. All right. One more thing. We need to thank our donors. Hell yeah. For this episode. I would love to thank Amanda S., Samantha P., Alec and Joey, Garrett C., Alicia C., Charlotte D., Haley Ado. And an anonymous donor on Kofi. Thanks, oh, guys. Yes. And I'd love to thank Ephraim P, Janine H, Shelby H, Lewis W, Hannah R, Janine H, Brielle S, and Lindsay W. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. If you want to donate, Venmo at Natstron, <laughs> paypal.me slash Natstron, and cash app at the dollar sign Natalia Strawn. Or you can Venmo at DogMomUSA, or you can go to Let'sGetHaunted.com, and in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, oh, it's actually not there anymore, because right now our merch is up right. on LetsGetHaunted.com. Oh, yes. Buy merch. Go there. Buy some merch. And then uh, in the upper right-hand corner of your screen on letsgethaunted.com, you can go to the menu. And at the bottom of the menu, there's a button that says donate. And that's where you can go to donate to our Kofi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash dogmomusa. But if you want to support the show right now, the best thing you can do is buy merch. We are almost all sold out of the long sleeves. Mm -hmm. We still have quite a few hoodies left. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe we have XL, double XL, and small, a couple left on the long sleeves. So head there ASAP before we sell out. And that's the best way to support the show, really, is to go buy merch right now. Yes, because until it all sells, we are in the hole. (laughs) Yeah. But we really appreciate you guys. We really appreciate all your donations. You keep us going. If you want to send something to the P.O. box, I know some people prefer to send 
written checks, which is really badass, you can go to P.O. Box 1658, Camarillo, California, 93011. Or you can just send us like a nice letter. You can send us whatever, really whatever you want to the P.O. Box. As long as it's not going to kill us, then we would love to have it. Or you can just keep us in your thoughts and prayers. That, you know what? Light a candle. Yes. Light a candle. Pray for us. Yes, light a candle in your story when you're listening to Let's Get Haunted and then tag us and we will feel seen. Perfect. Rub a, rub a crystal, um, light a candle, pick a pick a flower. You know what? Just treat yourself right. Just treat yeah. yourself right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Call someone you hate and, and just get mad at them and just release that oh i was gonna say like squash the beef like call someone you hate and just like squash the beef if you want to like start a fight with someone and have let's get haunted be your sponsor that's fine we'll back you up be like hey i was listening to an episode of this dumbest shit podcast and they told me to call someone i hate so i thought of you immediately and i just (laughs) wanted to say fuck you but also like i forgive you and listen to Let's Get Haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gorilla, gorilla marketing, gorilla advertising. That's what we're asking you guys to do. It's a whisper campaign. Yes. All right. Natalia, I'm so ready to hear your story. On February 9th, 2004, a user by the name of Spasmolitic listed an item for auction on eBay. The item in question was not inherently valuable, nor was it particularly useful. In fact, the owner desperately wanted to be rid of it. In an effort to dispose of the object as swiftly as possible, Spasmolitic set his starting price at only $1. Despite the circumstances, the item was rather popular. 51 bids later, the item had sold for $280 US dollars. A user named Agetron was the winning bidder. The item was listed as being located in St. Louis, Missouri. Spasmolitic required $20 for shipping and handling as, quote, it's quick and I want to be done with this. Allie, what do you think the item could be? Oh, okay. Let me think. It's on eBay. He wants to get rid of it. My first thought is like it has to be something that's cursed. Mm. Maybe like a cursed book or Mm. a cursed artifact i don't know Mm, those are very very good guess uh let me tell you some more see if you can get some more clues the description that spasmolitic wrote in about the item in the item description box on ebay is actually the item's previous owner's description of the item an ebay user who goes by nw-net-trade nw-net-trade sold this item to Spasmolitic, and then Spasmolitic used the original description of the item in his description of the item. So basically, Spasmolitic bought this item from someone else, and then he pasted the original auction's description in his own auction. Do you understand? Yes, got it. Okay, good. Now I'm going to read you the text that was in the description box on Spasmolitic's auction. Are you ready? I'm ready. It says... Here's an excerpt from the original description of the box by the first seller, NWNet Trade. All of the events that I am about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I am including as part of the sale of the cabinet. 
What? The winning bidder will also be able to contact most of the persons mentioned herein for the purposes of verification, corroboration, and to gain insight into the full scope of whatever it is. During September of 2001, I attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. The items liquidated at this sale were from the estate of a woman who had passed away at the age of 103. A granddaughter of the woman told me that her grandmother had been born in Poland where she grew up, married, and raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She was the only member of her family who survived the camp. Her parents, brothers, a sister, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. She survived the camp by escaping with some other prisoners, somehow making her way to Spain, where she lived until the end of the war. I was told that she acquired the small wine cabinet listed here in Spain, and it was one of only three items that she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. The other two items were a steamer trunk and a sewing box. I purchased the wine cabinet along with the sewing box and some other furniture at the estate sale. After the sale, I was approached by the woman's granddaughter who said, I see you got the Dybbuk box. She was referring to the wine cabinet. I asked her what a Dybbuk box was, and she told me that when she was growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room. It was always shut and set in a place that was out of reach. The grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. When the girl asked her grandmother what was inside, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers and said, oh. a dibuk and a kesselum. The grandmother went on to tell the girl that the wine cabinet was never, ever to be opened. Do you have any idea what we're talking about today? Mm, no, but okay. Here are the thoughts going through my mind right now as you're telling me this story. First of all, this happened in September of 2001, this estate sale. That's the most haunted month in U.S. history because of 9-11. Yes. So that's that's already haunted. Okay. And then how do you spell it? Divic? Divic? Dibbuk. D-I-B-B-U-K. Dibbuk. Or D-Y-B-B-U-K. I mean, to me, that sounds like a name that a cryptid would have, but I guess it could also be a type of ghost. Hmm. Well, I will continue. The granddaughter told me that her grandmother had asked that the box be buried with her. However, as such a request was contrary to the rules of an Orthodox Jewish burial, the grandmother's request had not been honored. I asked the granddaughter what a dibuk and a kesselim were, but she did not know. I asked if she would like to open it with me. She did not want to open it as her grandmother had been very emphatic and serious when she instructed her not to do so. And, regardless of the reason, she wanted to honor her grandmother's request. I finally ended up offering to let her keep what seemed to be a sentimental keepsake. At that point, she was very insistent and said, No, no, you bought it. I explained that I didn't want my money back, and that it would make me feel better to do what I thought was an act of kindness. She then became somewhat upset. Looking back now, the way she became upset was just plain odd. She raised her voice to me and said, you bought it. You made a deal. Oh. When I tried to speak, she yelled, we don't want it. She began to cry, asked me to leave, 
and quickly walked away. I wrote the whole episode off to the stress and grief she must have been experiencing. I took my purchases and politely left. At the time when I bought the cabinet, I owned a small furniture shop refinishing business. I took the cabinet to my store and put it in my basement workshop where I intended to refinish it and give it as a gift to my mother. I didn't think anything more about it. I opened my shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales for me in charge. About a half hour later, I got a call on my cell phone. The call was from my salesperson. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming that someone was in my workshop, breaking glass and swearing. Furthermore, the intruder had locked the iron security gates and the emergency exit, and she couldn't get out. Oh, fuck. As I told her to call the police, my cell phone battery went dead. I hit speeds of 100 miles per hour getting back to the shop. When I arrived, I found the gates locked. I went inside and found my employee on the floor in a corner of my office, sobbing hysterically. I ran to the basement and went downstairs. At the bottom of the stairs, I was hit by an overpowering, unmistakable odor of cat urine. Ew. There had never been any animals kept or found in my shop, and the lights didn't work. As I investigated, I found that the reason the lights didn't work also explained the sounds of the glass breaking. All of the light bulbs in the basement were broken. All nine incandescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets, and ten four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. I did not find an intruder, however. I should also add that there was only one entrance to the basement. It would have been impossible for anyone to leave without meeting me head-on. I went back up to speak with my salesperson, but she had left. She never returned to work after having been with me for two years. She refuses to discuss this incident to this day. I never thought of relating the events of that day to anything having to do with the cabinet. Then, things got worse. What do you think so far? Okay, my very first, the very first thing I want to say, first of all, I'm riveted right now, which is the only reason why I'm not interrupting you. Normally, (laughs) I like interrupt left and right when I have thoughts. Okay, something that popped into my mind is here's like the first red flag for me the grandmother's dying wish was to be buried with this cabinet but Mm. the family took it upon themselves to be like no 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 no. that's that's not like in line (laughs) with our like religious burial ideas so we're just gonna ignore her wishes right but then so it's like they're picking and choosing which wishes to honor for their dead family member right because because they won't open it Right. But they won't bury her with it. And so I'm like, okay, that's that's a red flag, because as we've learned from like all of the cultural folklore episodes we've done, like one of the worst things you can do is not honor the wishes of the dead. So to me, that's a problem. Right. It's like, do you want ghosts? Because that's how you get ghosts. That's how, right. It's exactly like in Archer where he's like, do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. Yeah. It's like that, but for ghosts. So I'm starting, I'm like starting to think that this is like an Annabelle situation or something. Like maybe there's a demon inside the cabinet. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Those are good thoughts. It's very spooky. Very spooky to me. But cat urine. Wait, cat urine though. That's like, that's like, have you ever smelled cat urine? Yes. It's awful. Right. We had a cat. It's terrible. His name was Meow. 
rest in peace meow but man was he a haunted motherfucker who loved to pee all over the upstairs game room <laughs> and when you would turn the lights off in there and put a black light you could just see cat piss fucking everywhere we had to like replace the carpet because it smelled so bad that when you would open up the, the doors to the game room you were just like hit in the face with a cloud of like nauseous gas okay so my experience with cat urine because I've never had a cat before, is I remember in high school, my friend Rachel and I, shout out Rachel if she's listening to this, we were going through a phase where we were like, we're bad girls and like we want to hang out with the bad boys. And oh so, God, what did you do with cat pee? Right. Okay. So there was this guy in my metal shop class whose parents were divorced and his dad like worked really long hours. And so his apartment was like the place to go if you wanted mm-hmm. to just like be a bad kid. Right, and because so, there's no parents. Right, exactly. So I remember the first time we went to this guy's house, we walk through the door and are just immediately hit with like the smell of cat piss and right. weed. And we were oh, like, God. holy shit, like this smells so fucking bad. But when you're in high school, you're like, oh, it smells bad. Therefore, this is a bad boy. Like you're like, yeah, yeah. it's like you're, I don't know, your like radar is completely fucked up. Yeah. Like further proof that this person doesn't have like clean parents telling them what to do and like are following right. chores is that their life is just in disarray (laughs) right and I just remember there was this one kid like laying on the floor of his apartment so stoned that like he couldn't even talk and then we just Rachel and I like walk in and we hung out there for like an hour and then we were like this is very haunted like we need to get out of here (laughs) and where is he now you think that kid um he actually hit me up on uh, Facebook not too long ago and I did not respond so I'm not sure Oh, well, at least he's alive, so that's good. Yeah, he's alive. He could be listening to this right now. Right. Hey, what's up, man? Leave a SoundCloud comment below and tell us what (laughs) happened to you that night. Right. (laughs) All right, let's find out what happened next. As I already indicated, I had decided to give the cabinet to my mother as a birthday gift. About two weeks after I had made the purchase... I decided to get started refinishing it. I was surprised to find that the cabinet had a unique little mechanism. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and the little drawer below to open at the same time. It's very well made. Inside the cabinet, I found the following items. A 1928 U.S. wheat penny and one 1925 U.S. wheat penny. One small lock of blonde hair bound with string. And one small lock of black and brown hair bound with string. One small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. I have been told that the letters spell out the word shalom. One dried rosebud. One golden wine cup. And one very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. I saved all of the items in a box intending to return them to the estate. The family has refused the items, so they'll be included in the sale of the cabinet. After opening the cabinet, I decided not to refinish it. I cleaned it and rubbed it in some lemon oil. It was at this time that I noticed there was an inscription in Hebrew carved into the back of the cabinet. I have no idea what it says or if it is significant. 
I have included a picture of that inscription below. On my mother's birthday, October 28th, 2001, my mother called to tell me that she was going out of town with my sister for three days, and we postponed celebrating her birthday together until she returned. On October 31st, 2001, my mother came to my shop. We were going to have lunch together, but before we could leave, I gave her the wine cabinet. She seemed to like it. While she examined it, I went to make a phone call. I hadn't been out of sight more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office saying that something was wrong with my mom. When I went back to see what the matter was, I found my mom sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression, but tears were streaming down her cheeks. No matter how I tried to get her to respond, she would not. She could not. It turns out that my mother had suffered a stroke. She was taken to the hospital by ambulance. She ended up suffering partial paralysis and losing her ability to speak and form words. She has since regained the ability to speak. She could understand things being said to her and could respond by pointing to letters of the alphabet to spell the words out that she wanted to say. When I asked her the following day how she was doing, she teared up and spelled out the words N-O-G-I-F-T. I assured her that I had given her a gift for her birthday, thinking that she didn't remember but she became even more upset and spelled out the words H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. I laughed and told her not to worry. I told her I was sorry she didn't like the cabinet and that I would get her anything she wanted if she would just promise to get well soon. Still, I didn't associate anything that had happened with the cabinet itself or anything paranormal. Frankly, I don't think I ever even used the term paranormal until this last month. What do you think? I don't know if it's like just the way that this is worded, but I feel like what an asshole to like (laughs) be like, I bought this creepy cabinet from an estate sale. My longtime assistant had a complete meltdown because of this cabinet and stopped working for me abruptly after two years. Um, Every time I'm near it, everything smells like cat piss. I opened it up. There were locks of people's hair. There was like a weird (laughs) octopus statue. There's like all this creepy shit inside that I can't explain. I know what I'll do. I'll give it to my poor elderly mother. Right. I mean, it just sounds like, see, to me, I feel very like haunted. So I'm aware of things being haunted. Like I will never give antique shit to anyone because I just know that it's all haunted. You know, even if you think it's not haunted, it is haunted. Guess what? It's haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can probably attribute every bad thing that ever happened to you based off of like some cool little box you got from a vintage thrift shop. Okay. So I would know better. You would know better. But this guy, for some reason, is just like, oh, well, I guess my house smells like cat pee sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe it. It, you know, I'm sure there's more to the story. I'm sure that he was like, hey, mom, look at all this cool stuff I got from this estate sale. And she was probably like, whoa, I've always wanted a wine cabinet. And then he's probably thinking, oh, I'll clean it up. I'll take this creepy shit out of it. Right. I'll like stain it with lemon, whatever. And then I'll give it to her. And wow, aren't I the best son ever? Right. Well, let's continue to find out. Okay. I'll try to make this short now. I gave the cabinet to my sister. She kept it for a week 
then gave it back. She complained that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and that they kept coming open. There are no springs in the door mechanism, and I have never found that the doors came open. I gave it to my brother and his wife, who kept it for three days and then gave it back. My brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers, while his wife insisted that it put out an odor of cat urine. I gave it to my girlfriend, who asked me to sell it for her after only two days. I sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later, when I came to open up the shop for the day, I found the cabinet sitting at the front doors with a note that read, This had a bad darkness. I have no idea what that meant. Anyway, I ended up taking it home. Then, things got even worse. Since the day I brought it home, I began having a strange reoccurring nightmare. Every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. And I find myself looking into the eyes of that person that I'm with. It is then that I realize that there's something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds to then beat the living char out of me. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night. Still, I never related the nightmares to the cabinet, nor did I think that I ever would have. About a month ago, however, my sister and my brother and his wife came over to my house and spent the night. The following morning during breakfast, my sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare. She said that she had recalled having had it a couple of times before and went on to describe my nightmare exactly to the last detail. My brother and his wife froze as they listened, and then they chimed in that they had both had the exact same dreams during the night as well. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck and still is. As we talked, it became clear that the common denominator was that each of us had had the nightmare during the times that the cabinet was in our respective homes. I called my girlfriend and asked if she could recall having any nightmares recently. She described the same nightmare, the same hag, everything. When I asked her if she remembered the date when she had the nightmare, she said she did not. Then I asked if it happened to be the night before she gave me the cabinet back to sell for her, and she said, yeah, hey, how did you know that? Now then, since my family discussion, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. For a week afterward, I started seeing what I can only describe as shadowy things in my peripheral vision. In fact, numerous visitors to my house have claimed that they have seen these shadowy things. I put the cabinet in an outside storage unit and I was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went off in the middle of the night. When I went to see what was burning, I opened the door and didn't see any smoke. However, I did get hit with the smell of cat urine. When I went back inside, the smell was there in my house. I do not own a cat and I never have. I went back outside and grabbed the cabinet. I brought it back inside and tried to research it on the internet. While I was surfing the net, I fell asleep and once again had the same freaking nightmare. I woke up around 4.30 a.m. when it felt and smelled like someone was breathing on my neck. No. Find that my house now smelled like jasmine flowers. And just in time to see a huge shadow thing go loping down the hall away from me. No, 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 no. 
I would destroy this thing in a second, except I don't really have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I am afraid. And I do mean afraid that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. I've been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understands these type of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you're one of these people, please, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. You can see that I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier, let me know and I will do everything within my abilities. One more note. On the same day my mom had her stroke, the lease to my store was terminated without cause. The measurements are 12 and a half inches by 7 and a half inches by 16.25 inches. All of the items that I originally found inside the cabinet are included in the sale and will be delivered with the cabinet. On June 12, 2003, at 2.15, the seller added the following information. There's no way that I can respond to all of the emails I have received since I put this thing online. I'll try now to update and answer the most common questions I've been receiving. One, no, I am not religious. Two, no, I do not wish to have or participate in any sort of exorcism or case study or photo sessions at my home. Three, I will not sell any of the individual pieces which were originally found separate from the other pieces in the cabinet. Four, I do not speak Hebrew, nor do I know what the word keslim means. I don't know that the word is a Hebrew word. Five, at the end of the option, I have decided to take an opportunity to speak with the winning bidder for two reasons. A, to make sure that the winning bidder is a serious adult who has employed some valid reasoning skills in making the decision to accept whatever this is. I will not be judgmental. Do whatever you want or need after the sale. B, to offer full details of the events that have transpired. After I have carried out those responsibilities and upon payment, I will have the cabinet and its contents delivered by U.S. Mail, FedEx, or UPS to the winning bidder. At that point, I will have no further involvement with the matter in any way, shape, or form, period. Six, to all of you who have offered to pray, I may not be religious, but I am certainly open to the possibilities, no matter what your religion might be. Thank you. On June 14th, 2003... Wait, can I say something real quick? Yes. Okay, so it sounds like the demon ghost of an old woman comes with this cabinet. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, is this the grandma who like is pissed Mm. that the cabinet wasn't buried with her or is this some other ghost woman maybe like the ghost of a witch and the only reason why I say that is because we've talked about witch bottles on this podcast several times and about how cat urine and stuff like that so I just wanted to say that before I forgot those are my only thoughts going through my head right now those are those are very good yes so I'm about to tell you what those are okay all right on June 14th which is my birthday (laughs) 2003 (laughs) at 521 the seller added the following information here's another update for everyone following this listing no no i will not circumvent or make any deals outside of ebay even for more money than the final auction price if you want to win the auction and have the kind of money some of you are offering there shouldn't be any reason why you cannot simply place your bid in an open honest fashion i'm sure you understand why i might be suspicious also For those of you wanting to know if I'm still experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I thought everything was going okay until I got home Friday the 13th of June and found the fish in my freshwater fish aquarium were all dead. Ten fish dead. 
I'm still hoping that all this is coincidental crap. Now, Alyssa, that is the end of NW Net Trade's description of the item. What do you think about this auction? Like, what can you surmise about the paranormal element of this item that it possesses? Do you think it's a curse or a demon? I know you mentioned before that you thought perhaps it was the grandmother's ghost. Um, I mean, it's definitely a cursed item. I think there's no yes. way around it. It does sound like there's a ritualistic aspect to this cabinet because it has locks of hair inside. Mm -hmm. It has inscriptions. Um, I'm there's wondering like a candle like, and a rose yeah, bed and yeah, exactly. Like there's so many different things that seem to be like magical or like related to magic or the paranormal. Right. Um, I'm I guess I'm wondering like why doesn't this guy just give the cabinet to a goodwill but maybe he's thinking hey I don't want to like put this evil on some other unsuspecting person like it was put on me like I'd rather be transparent and truthful and my eBay listing and maybe someone who knows how to deal with this will find it like he said in his description um, it's also reminding me of the Kumintang episode that you did where yeah. we went on that website that sells magical <laughs> items and they had right. like gay magic quote unquote and, and like, like curse like evil curse things that yeah they're like this is not a joke and you're like why would someone want this yeah, like, don't buy this unless you know what you're doing. This is not a joke. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of reminding me of that. So I guess, I don't know. It's very intriguing to me. I'm also wondering, why is he not just Google searching what these Hebrew words mean? Or why is he not Google searching what a dibbuk is? Yeah. Or like, because that would be my first thing. If I go to uh, like an auction and I win something and then someone's creepy granddaughter is like, hey, a Dybbuk lives in here or whatever. I'd be like, okay, well, first thing I'm doing is Googling what is a Dybbuk. Right. So, I, yeah, I don't know. But I guess, I mean, shout out to all our male listeners. We love you. But, like, sometimes I find that men don't question things in the same way that, like, women do. So maybe because right. they're, they're, like, I don't know. I don't know if maybe, like, culturally or socially men are conditioned to be a little bit more skeptic than women. I don't know if that's true or not. Nobody mm. jumped down my throat. But so I wonder if, like, because men are supposed to be so logical, like, you know, right. and masculine, that maybe he's just like, fuck it. I'm not going to look up any of this shit. That doesn't matter to me. It's not real. I just know that the cabinet is bringing some fuck shit into my life, and I want it out. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. I mean, to me, what do you, th like, the significance of selling the item rather than destroying it seems to be like something that's followed the cabinet around you know like everyone yeah can that's seem true and uh, and the daughter when she first gave it to him she was like no we can't take it back you made a deal so to me when i first heard oh, the story i was thinking maybe that's how it's transferred kind of like a genie you're like the owner of the container and you own whatever's inside i don't know yeah, like you made a deal, you sort of like when we've talked about in the past, like deals with the devil, where it's like you made this transaction, you can't undo it. Yes. Like it's it's a magical binding contract that you've right. made by you yeah, yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Maybe. Okay, so Alyssa, now I am going to show you some photos and a video of the cabinet before I read the rest of the eBay description. Okay. Go ahead and look at some of those photos of the Dybbuk box and describe to our listeners what you're seeing. You okay. can see all of these photos on our Instagram at Let's Get Haunted. 
Okay, so Natalia just texted me. I'm opening it up. Okay, the first picture that I'm looking at, it's looks, yeah, it's a box. It's a cabinet. Um, it's like a reddish brown color. It looks kind of small. It definitely has Hebrew inscriptions. I don't know if that's the back of the cabinet that I'm looking at. Yeah, the yeah. Hebrew inscriptions are on the back. Okay, and then the second picture is the front of the cabinet. Oh, yeah, this is haunted as shit. Why would you ever buy this? Okay, so it has... He was going to refinish it, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so it looks really fucking old. It's definitely antique. Like, if you're picturing, like, a wardrobe, it has two doors that swing open, and then at the bottom, there's a drawer. So the drawer Mm -hmm. has a gold handle, and then the two doors that swing open like a wardrobe, those... Yeah, that's haunted as shit. It's like a black (laughs) cast iron knobs or something. The picture's kind of dark. And there's scratches on the box. It looks like one of the doors hangs a little lower than the other door. Definitely Mm -hmm. looks old. Okay, third picture I'm looking at is another picture of the Hebrew inscription on the back of the cabinet, but it's in better lighting. So you can see. So like if you, if any of our listeners out there read Hebrew, you'll probably be able to read what this says um, when it's uploaded to our Instagram. Then the fourth picture is the inside of the cabinet yeah that's not normal um there's (laughs) there's the octopus looking cast iron candle holder that he was talking about then there's i guess that's probably the hair inside of like a ziploc bag or something Um, right and then there's like a chalice it almost looks like um i know that this is a um orthodox jewish uh art of artifact or whatever because that's what the granddaughter said but it reminds me of like when you take communion in catholic church um it looks like one of those chalices yeah like the goblet the gold goblet or if you're a harry potter fan the goblet of fire but like miniature yes and yes yes and then there's like slabs of stone that have hebrew phrases carved into them or hebrew words yeah Mm -hmm. and then Oh, and then Natalia sent me a YouTube video called Dibbuk Box Opening. Do you want me to play that? Right. Yeah, so go ahead and play it. And it just shows how the mechanism of the cabinet doors in the okay. drawer open. Am I going to get haunted by watching this? Okay, hold on. It's kind of a creepy video. It scares me. Okay, here we go. Oh, fuck. Ew, why is there an old lady? Okay, sorry. Old ladies creep me out. <laughs> um, It's really fast. It's five seconds. And it shows you how it opens. Okay, so um, this box has 476 views, which is, like, not very many. Oh, it's a private link, too. So, Natalia, you must have gotten this, like, from the eBay listing. Uh, The name of the uploader is just Dibbuk Box. And it was uploaded (laughs) four months ago, and it's a private link. That's that's creepy. Yeah, that's super creepy. I didn't notice that. Okay, so if you go back and you watch it, it shows like... A... Ew, so the Dybbuk box like put the link on? Yeah. See, that's scary. <laughs> so Did there... we just get haunted because we like technologically opened it? Uh, oh, shit. No, I don't know. I feel creeped out. So it's like a still photo of an old lady and she's like pushing a lever or something. And then it shows an animation of how the box opens. So it has two outer doors. Right, it's like stop motion. Yeah, it has two outer doors that swing open first, and then the top comes up. And then you get to those inner, like, wardrobe-like doors that I was talking about with, like, the weird cast iron knobs. And then those open, and then the bottom drawer comes out at the same time. And it looks like Torah scrolls or something on the inside. 
yeah it's like a scroll that's what it looks like right. like there's rolled up scrolls on the inside of those cabinet right. doors oh i hate it interesting yep what kind of per- like to me when i see this i'm like who the fuck wants to buy something haunted also know? that's but not guess- it's not a wine cabinet i don't care like what you think <laughs> you were buying or what it was listed as there's no way that's a wine cabinet i don't know what kind of person would buy something haunted yeah Luckily for us, we know the exact kind of person who would buy this item because in June of 2003, the cabinet was auctioned off of eBay to another user named Spasmolitic. And that buyer gave us details on why he made this purchase as well as some insight into what the paranormal element of the cabinet contains. So now I'm going to read Spasmolitic's description of the item, which was underneath all of that pasted stuff from the original. Okay. He says... I bought the box from the first seller above in the eBay auction around June of 2003 out of curiosity about the, quote, haunted box. After receiving a deluge of emails about the box, I set up a website to answer some questions, which I stopped updating in September and haven't updated to this day because I didn't want to talk about it with anyone. For the sake of information, I found out that a dibuk or a dibuk in Jewish folklore, mythology, or teaching or whatever, is a misplaced spirit that can neither rise to heaven nor descend into hell, essentially stuck in limbo or purgatory. Here's another definition I found. Jewish folklore. A demon that enters the body of a living person and controls that body's behavior. Two, evil spirits that cause mental illness, rage, and changes of personality. The spirit or soul of a dead person that inhabits the body of a living one with sometimes evil, sometimes positive results. If you believe in paranormal phenomena, the box contains or is possessed by at least one dibuk, possibly two, as the grandmother stated, a dibuk and a keslim. A keslim is a term similar to a Turkish word that means priest. This would probably correspond to the pair of wrapped strands of blonde and brown or black hair. The Hebrew carving on the back, to my knowledge, is a relatively common Jewish prayer that translates, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his honored kingdom forever, said frequently at times of death or fear, etc. I was doubtful of the, quote, haunted box, and I still don't believe in the paranormal. What happened in August and September is likely coincidental. I will relate it as I originally wrote it down in a log. Sunday, the 31st of August, 2003. Over the last week, some interesting, though possibly coincidental, items have of note have come up. Firstly, I share a house with six other people, and we've been taking turns sleeping with the box in each of our rooms. No. Two people are now complaining of burning eyes. One is listless and depleted of energy, and another became spontaneously sick. In retrospect, I would say it was allergies. A few days after these ongoing annoyances started, the air outside our house was filled with small bugs for several hours. A Friday. Weird summer stuff. Last night, Saturday... We discovered that the box, now located in the back corner of the house, had come mostly open, though it had been shut and seems unlikely that anyone could or would have touched it. Wednesday, September 10th. Although it seems impossible to prove that the box is a direct cause of misfortune, we have definitely seen a tidal wave of bad luck. Strange odors now permeate the house. 
The dumpster out back overflows with trash decay. One roommate suddenly got bronchitis, and I broke a finger. Several mice have died in the engine of one car, and more electronic devices seem to be dying every day. Xbox, toaster, TV, and watches. I don't really want to talk about anything between September and January, so I'll just say that I'm selling the box now for a couple of reasons. 1. Around October 6th, I started feeling bad with trouble sleeping. The problem has persisted through the t- today. 2. I live alone now, and as of late, I have noticed replacing a lot of burnt-out light bulbs and getting many unusual car repairs. The transmission fluid was burned out of the reservoir. 3. I've started seeing things, sort of like large, vertical dark blurs in my peripheral vision. 4. I smell something like juniper bushes or stingy ammonia in my garage often, and I have no idea what it's from. 5. Most disturbingly, last Tuesday, the 27th, my hair began to fall out. Today, Friday, it's about half gone. I'm in my early 20s and I just got a clean blood test back from the doctors. Maybe it's stress-related. I don't know. Anyhow, for personal reasons, I very strongly do not want this box anymore. I hope there's someone on eBay that will take this thing off my hands. I would just throw it away in the woods or something, but I know there has been some interest in the past. And that concludes the item's description on eBay. So, Alyssa, what do we think about this box? Do you understand what a Dybbuk is now and a yeah. Kesselim? Okay, so a Dybbuk, let me recap this before I get into like my thoughts. Yes. So a, a Dybbuk is the soul of a Jewish person that can neither ascend to, to heaven nor descend into hell. So it's like the idea of purgatory. Yeah, so it doesn't, there was a few, tra- a few translations they gave. One that was like, it's a soul that can't go to heaven or hell. But my understanding, and I'm not Jewish, so I don't know. But my understanding is that Jews don't believe in hell, right? So there's I, another example hmm. that they were saying, um, this it's a soul that's, it's like a demonic thing. Like it's a soul that possesses someone's body and controls okay. their emotions. Or it, it can possess something and stay with you. Um, so the definition that I got um, from a different website was that in Jewish mythology, a dibuk is a malicious spirit that's believed to be the lost soul of a dead person. Instead of going to heaven, the soul becomes trapped in an object and it will remain there until someone helps release the spirit. Oh, okay. The word dibuk comes from the ancient Hebrew word meaning to cling. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense to me. And then what was a, kest- a kestrel? Kest- it's a Turkish word for priest. A Kesselim. So a Kesselim a is like a different kind of spirit. It could be a priest. So when I Googled Kesselim, I couldn't find any uh, definitions for it other than articles related to this Dybbuk box. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then my thoughts about like this guy um, decided or the buyer, whoever this buyer was, decided to have 
all of their roommates like sleep with the box for a night and then everyone's having kind of like this physiological this physical response to the box and then the buyer says you know now all my hair is falling out but I just had a clean blood test back so I guess it could be stress I just want to say that that's right. like a very real thing it's called telogen effluvium and I've had it before where if you get really really stressed out you're oh the um I forget which part of the hair it is, but it's almost like it it freezes, like the root of your hair like the freezes. Follicle. Yeah, it freezes. And so then it's not regenerating like your hair normally would. And so your hair will like fall out or thin. And that, that definitely happened to me once when I was super stressed out. So I know that that's not necessarily like related to the paranormal, but if you're super fucking stressed out because this demon's haunting a box in your house, like yeah, your body's going to have a response to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there were so many weird things too, like mice. He said were dying in his engine. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just like maybe they were trying to get away from it. I don't know. Well, then the, the other the other guy, all his fish died. You know. So. Right. And I think we've talked before on this podcast about how there's a theory that animals are more sensitive to the paranormal right. than humans. So maybe that explains that is like they're having a different response than a human would because they can sense it more right yeah i mean or maybe because they're weaker the spirit can like feed off of them oh easier. that's a good point too yeah i don't know um so Keslam does translate roughly as a bunch of different things from turkish and one of them is to disconnect so my thought is that maybe one of these things is a dibuk and then someone like banished the spirit into there and they also put a kesselum to like disconnect that spirit because there's two smells right there's the cat urine smell and then there's the jasmine flower smell right and to me it kind of seems like one is good and it like chases the other one away like it's like if it's like a priest maybe it helps right it it's it's like there to be watchful of the, of the other demon the dibek i don't know yeah well it's creepy though that's creepy as shit well i'm trying to think too like yeah like jasmine is a very like positive smell um but it's mm -hmm. also toxic because i remember growing up really our, yeah our neighbor had a jasmine plant that was really really tall and it would lean into our backyard and at the time we had a dog growing up and my mom would constantly have to make sure that she was picking up the jasmine petals that fell because if you eat it it's like toxic to you it's toxic to dogs or to people both yeah to animals and people and then the other thing i'm remembering is that i do know okay i've heard i don't know all the details but because my dad is armenian and turkish i remember him saying that there's like a Turkish tea that's made of jasmine, but I don't know how that would be possible if jasmine is toxic. So I'm like, maybe I'm misremembering. But so that makes me think that the jasmine smell is related to the priest demon thing. And then the cat urine smell is related to like this old woman whose spirit was like banished into this box. Right, and she just, ha like, was a cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's the end of the eBay description, which are fucking haunted as fuck. And obviously got our attention because it's, like, so interesting, right? Right. So, it also got someone else's attention who was just, like, had some morbid curiosity. In 2003, Kevin Manis, who was um, spasmolytic, oh. sold the box to a University of Missouri student named Losif Nitschke. 
Nietzsche put it back on sale on eBay eight months later after he and his roommates suffered insomnia and illnesses in the presence of the dreaded item. Nietzsche was able to sell it for $280 to Jason Haxton, who had heard about it from a student who was also one of Nietzsche's roommates. So I sent you a photo of Jason Haxton with the box. Okay, let me look here. Haxton is basically just like super interested in this. He is, ends up writing a book about the box, which is where we get the majority of the information we know about the box. He did tons of research. He like interviewed a ton of people. He interviewed everyone who had owned the box and still was alive. And he basically is going to answer all the questions that we've had about like what this comes from, why this is, all of that. And he's like not afraid of the box. So you want to go ahead and like describe the picture. What's this guy's name again? Haxton, Jason Haxton. Okay. Hey, Jason. So this is a photo of a white guy with a mustache. Um, and he <laughs> is holding, he's wearing white gloves to handle these items. And he mm -hmm. is holding the octopus candle holder. And then below it, you can see very clearly all the different plastic like Ziploc bags that have the blonde hair and the black hair and the rose and mm -hmm. then there's the chalice and yeah so you can just see it's like he's showing someone it's a picture of him showing someone i assume for a news story or something like hey here are all the items but he's handling them very carefully like he doesn't want his skin to touch them while the box is in his possession haxton claims to have experienced paranormal activity in the presence of the box obviously but haxton's experience with the box was different than the previous owners Haxton claims that the box had an anti-aging effect on him. Oh. And Haxton said when he first had the box, he had welts and hives and he even coughed up blood and felt choking. But oddly enough, Haxton said that touching it almost puts it into a liquid state. He relates that while he's had the box, he's seen strange lights and shadows. So Haxton just takes a totally different approach to the box where everyone else kind of gets freaked out by the stuff that's going on. He's just kind of like, oh, well, like, let me just be scientific about this. You know, this is interesting phenomena that's going on. He almost takes an academic approach to it because he wants to understand it. So he gets the help of scientists, paranormalists, Kabbalists, and Wiccans to help him. He does a ton of research on this box, like I said, and he has the Kabbalists, which are mystical. They practice like mystical Judaism. It's almost like the Wiccans of Judaism. And he has the Wiccans and the Kabbalists team up and do some magic on the box to make it less dangerous, which allows him to keep it and study it. So Haxton comes to the conclusion that the force contained in the cabinet is neutral, but it plays off of who comes into contact with it. And he says that his ultimate goal is to understand and reveal the truth and that the box was actually seeking the right owner to help it. Huh. So in order to contain this Dybbuk box, he creates an arc, and he keeps the box really secure in this arc, which is made of acacia wood or acacia wood. I don't know what that is. I'm going to pronounce it like it's bread because I'm not like a carpenter, so I'm just assuming this is acacia. He keeps it in this acacia wood arc lined with 24 karat gold, and then he stashes that in his den to keep the spirit subdued. And Akasha wood is used to create the Dybbuk box because it's the same wood used for the Jewish Temple of Solomon, and it contained the commandments tablets of the Ark of the Covenant. So he gets that idea, and it actually doesn't really work. He is still <laughs> getting haunted, and it's still sketch. So he ends up taking the whole thing 
and putting it in a military grade shockproof container, which is buried somewhere where it's really well hidden and won't be discovered. <laughs> so what do you think of that? Okay. Well, first of all, Madonna practices Kabbalah. So I do remember, <laughs> I do kind of know what Kabbalah is because I remember her like coming out and being like, I practice Kabbalah and it's like the true religion or something like that. Okay. The thing that's very funny to me about this guy, Jason, who has this box now is he's like, okay, I, it sought me out. Like I'm the right owner. It's actually giving me like anti-aging properties. So I'm going to like stick it in this like really like awesome box with like gold lining and like really like treasure this right. box but then it like takes a turn on him so he's like never mind I'm burying it in a military grade like shockproof container right but he like still keeps it because he's liking the anti-aging effects honestly same like if something was making <laughs> me super beautiful but it was really haunted like I think it would be worth it well also I was gonna say this guy has a lot of hair in this photo that you sent me of him, like he's a middle-aged man with no bald spots. So maybe it, yeah, it's like the opposite effect. The one guy's hair was thinning and then Jason's mm -hmm. hair is like flourishing, slay. He's like really thriving. Yeah. yeah. So after this book comes out called The Dybbuk Box by Jason, a movie comes out. Have you ever seen the movie The Possession? No, I don't think I have. So it's a 2012 film, and it's based on the events that happened surrounding this box. But oddly enough, strange events occur during the production of the film The Possession, such as a neon light that was supposedly turned off spontaneously exploded. Oh. Plus, a mysterious fire destroyed most of the film's props. Hmm. So the Dybbuk box is powerful powerful stuff where, where do you think it is now you know like this this box it's gotten all this attention on ebay it changed hands with so many times you have this one guy get it and he ends up writing a book about it and doing all this research about it and then there's a movie what like where do haunted artifacts end up when they become that notorious i think they end up in um i forget the name of that couple but they have like all the artifacts of like they have annabelle behind glass they have like all kinds of stuff behind glass. That's right. where I feel like stuff ends up. It ends up in a haunted museum. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. So there are actually several haunted museums, but this particular item ends up in the haunted museum, which is in Vegas. Do you know who owns the haunted museum? No. Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. Oh, of course. Of course. Right. Because the, those people are the only people that are rich enough to like be able like, to have that. Yeah. Right. In 2016, a few years after the story became a movie, the original box was purchased from Jason Haxton by a paranormal investigator, Zach Baggins, who's known for his work in the TV show Ghost Adventures. So he ends up buying this Dibbit box and he makes it part of his collection of paranormal objects at the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. But Baggins won't let the public look at the box. However, if you'd really like to see it, you have to sign a waiver that releases Baggins from liability if anything bad happens to you while viewing the box or immediately after. Okay. As soon as Baggins puts this box in his museum, bad stuff starts to happen. Quote, shortly following its arrival, mysterious protruding holes began to appear in the walls around the artifact as if something was trying to break out from within the exhibit. Oh. 
In 2018, Baggins thought about opening the box during a Halloween special inside the museum, but by the end of the live stream, he decided not to. At the time, Baggins had only touched the Dybbuk box, but even that had consequences. Afterwards, he was overwhelmed by emotions. He told Newsweek in 2018, quote, What happened to me? I don't really want people to see that. Me crying. That reaction. That's why. I don't, I don't know. This is probably the most challenging anxiety-driven investigation I've ever done. I can't stop thinking about it. So Baggins touches the box and he starts crying and he doesn't really want people to see that. So he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this on TV. Like, that's just too embarrassing. So now that Baggins has the box in his museum, even though he doesn't open it, he just have it on display in this like, like glass, plexiglass type thing. He gets lots of visitors. And can you guess, Alyssa, what celebrity rapper went and saw the box? Uh, okay. Let me think. Two chains. No. Oh, because he- it's Post Malone. Oh, Post Malone. Okay, that would have been like my fifth guess. I was thinking Two Chains because he's silly, and I know that he has that yeah. show where he's like, he like sees the world's most expensive bulldog or like the world's most expensive whatever. Right. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe he was like, I'm gonna go see the world's most haunted box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Post Malone actually doesn't even touch it. He's touching Baggins while Baggins is touching it, but I guess it was enough. So right after he touches it, like within a few days, he had a plane emergency when the two tires of his private plane blew out on the runway. I remember this. It was trending on Twitter. Yeah. And then a few days later, his old house was broken into by gun-toting invaders. And then a week after that, he was involved in a car crash where his Rolls Royce collided with another car. That's right. He tweeted, God must hate me, LOL. Man, I know that feeling post Malone. It's okay. I know, but also like all of the bad things that happened to him aren't like aren't that bad. Like he oh his private jet blew out of tire. You know, it's like that's, you have a private yeah. jet. But that's horrible. It's like he almost died in a plane crash, then a home invasion, then right. a car crash. That's like covering all the bases. Yeah, but still like you know, I'll, I'm never going to be in a car crash with a Rolls Royce. You know, I'm never going to like have a private jet blow right. out a tire. Yeah. That's I mean, what maybe... we talked to about on the Kennedy curse where it's like, yeah, they had this curse, but also they had way more opportunities for bad things to happen to them. Cause the average person, right. like you said, is never going to fly on a private plane or like have exactly. a mansion that people want to break into. Right. So Baggins has never opened this box. He's only touched it, but can you guess what happened? this quarantine to baggins yes he got covid <laughs> no he oh. opened the box why why would for ghost adventures quarantine why would you open the box in a pandemic in one of the most adversarial political atmospheres of our nation's history in the middle of like an economic downturn that we haven't seen since the recession like of 2008 why would you fucking do that why would you add more shit into this universe that's bad during this time some may say that him touching the box is what caused it i mean if that one guy bought the box in uh september 2001 maybe he caused 9-11 maybe now we know the truth oh you used to say bush caused 9-11 but now now it's the box now it's yeah, the dibbic. A haunted Jewish box caused 9-11. Yeah. We all know uh-huh. the truth. Yes. So I sent you a bootleg version of 
the ghost adventures episode <laughs> four of their quarantine thing okay and so that you can see it's really long and someone slowed it down so that it doesn't get taken off because obviously you can't just post an entire episode so right. they did you know how ghost adventures is they got all, like all of their little meters and they did like heat cam and all this stuff and they tested the box after he opened it and a bunch of haunted stuff's happened. So once you get to 2830, you're going to hear a voice saying a name. Okay. Go ahead and watch that. Yeah, fuck. It's a daily motion video. And for those of you who know about daily motion, it's like so janky in my opinion. Okay, let me see. So trying janky, to... but it's the only way we're going to see it because yeah. I could not find this video anywhere. I now use the direct link device and I place it inside the Dybbuk box. No voices are coming through, but when I remove the octopus leg candlestick holder, we receive a voice saying a name. Kevin. Box after it left Havila's family. What is the worst thing that that could happen to me opening these two boxes together? You could die. Okay, so the next place I want you to skip to is 3130. And they use this device that basically shows you anomalies that are happening in like different wavelengths or whatever, like a visual thing. Okay. And something appears on the screen inside the Dybbuk box. I begin using the SLS camera. Appear. this guy's voice inside the box especially with the slowed down voice describe what you just saw like appearing in the box it's like the sls camera yeah um it's so he's looking with what i can all it looks like an infrared camera or something and it's showing the box is completely green he opens the box. It's still completely green on this screen that he's looking at. And then a little tiny like black dot comes up from the bottom of the box and overtakes the inside of the box. It's like a very right. large and it, it looks like a stereotypical like ghost in a sheet. You know what I mean? Like it's arms raised. Yeah. He's like appear, And then this thing is like, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks like a stereotypical like ghost in a sheet. Right. Um, And it's all black and then it like pops out of the box and all of a sudden it's like in the corner of the room or something mm -hmm. it's like showing all these little yeah it's like his whatever device this sls camera is it's showing something in the corner of the room after this box appears like after this thing pops out of the box what's in right. the box you know like that i know that was the next thing i wanted to show you is i was gonna play that like what's in the box what's in <laughs> yeah. the box what's in the box it's your wife's head in the box okay you know it's in the box. You don't have to keep asking. <laughs> okay, last thing I'm going to have you look at is 4330. Three days after the completion of this investigation, Billy's family dog tragically died. What? We are not saying that this is connected to or caused by the Dybbuk box, but because of the coincidental timing, we felt it was very important to inform our viewers of this disturbing information. 
And that concludes our Dybbuk Box episode. So, Alyssa, wow. what are your thoughts? Some people say it's a hoax. They think like, oh, if you think this box is going to be haunted, then you're going to get haunted because you're going to be having bad vibes and like notice bad vibes. Some people think that there's a demon in the box. Some people think that this this woman got this box from the Holocaust and that like this box is part of the reason that a lot of bad things happened in the Holocaust. I don't know. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So I think, okay, I keep going back to the original owner of this box wanted to be buried with it and the right. family refused. And I understand why you would refuse to bury your Nana with a haunted demon, right? You'd be like, no, absolutely not, Nana. Like, you're going to heaven. You're not going to have this weird purgatory box buried with you. But also, I'm thinking, was the grandma trying to, like, sacrifice herself because she knew that anyone else that came in contact with this box was going to have horrible things happen to them? So was she like, hey, bury me with this box. I will be the sacrificial lamb no one else will ever get hurt ever again. And then the granddaughter was like, no, we're not going to do that. And so she unleashed it into the world. She was the sole survivor of her whole family in the concentration camp. And that Jason guy says that it had anti-aging effects on him and that the box just wanted someone who understood it. So maybe she was one of those people where it didn't have a negative effect on her. Oh, yeah. And so so she was thinking like, this will be my duty to save this from other people. That's a good point. And I think really the granddaughter really fucked up because what she should have done (laughs) is if she didn't want to bury it with her grandma, then she just should have buried it, period. You know what I mean? Like she should have dug a hole somewhere in the woods, in a backyard and just buried it because it seems like the more people you put in contact with this box the more people you put in harm's way and that seems really unethical to me so but then if you bury it what if it gets jumanji like what if you're like walking along and you hear like (laughs) and you're like where is that coming from and then you take out your you know handy uh metal detector and shovel and you start searching for something and then the the box comes out and it's like noise right you open it and yeah that i think that's what would happen if you bury it yeah you know you might be right okay well what would happen if you threw it into the middle of the ocean like would the ocean get haunted like would the fish get haunted i think it would get jumanji i think it would like wash up ashore somewhere yeah so no matter what on the beach jumanji well you don't want to your haunted items have to be it sounds like this has to be given away from someone through like a deal right like some sort of contractual obligation right and that's how it exchanges ownerships but i mean okay new plan exhume the body of the dead grandma open her coffin put the dybbuk box inside of it close it back up rebury her that's what she wanted why are we not paying attention to people's dying wishes like that's what you're supposed to do that's how you avoid so many curses this all could have been avoided so i think fuck that granddaughter yeah you need to write into zach baggins and tell him well zach baggins I feel like after our episode with Sapphire where she was like, yeah, those guys just run screaming down a hallway and like are so disrespectful (laughs) to spirits. I'm thinking like nothing anyone says to Zach Baggins is going to like 
get through to him because he's just like, how do I make money off of this horrible box? Like, let's open it during a pandemic and unleash a demon. That's to me, I think it's definitely real because like, how can there be coincidences of all of these animals dying and like bad luck and the fact that like the lights like explode? Yeah. Seems if people were making it up, I don't think that there would be a consistency in what the haunting did. So when you were showing me that animation from that private Mm -hmm. YouTube video link, it shows that when the doors open, there's supposed to be scrolls on either side. And when you see pictures of the Dybbuk box, like go to at let's get haunted right now and look at these pictures because Mm -hmm. it definitely has these very clear areas where a scroll is supposed to be placed. It's like, it's like perfect cutout area to hold a scroll. So where are those scrolls? That's what I want to know. Because all the items inside the Dybbuk box, like the octopus shit, the rose, the hair, there's nothing in there. There's no scrolls in there. So I'm like, what happened to the scrolls? I don't know. Is that right. the key? Would we be able to read those scrolls and know like what was going on with that demon stuck in purgatory or that spirit stuck in purgatory? Also, did we ever get any resolution? Sorry, I'm like really worked up right now. Did we ever get a resolution <laughs> for what those stones with the Hebrew inscriptions and what the thing on the back of the box means? What did any of that say? Right. It said it was just like a prayer. Like, oh, God, you're good. Help me. Hey, God, help help me out. There's an old woman in this box trapped with a priest from Turkey and really needs some help over here, God. You really sound like Nick Cage when you're talking about finding some hidden scrolls. So I'm really yeah. wishing you luck. I'm going to send you off on your own little ghost adventure to go yeah. find some hidden scrolls. I wonder if it would just, if you put any scrolls in there. Like maybe the ghost is just like really bored because he wants his story to read or whatever you know like if we were just to put a poster in there who yeah who stole the scrolls is it on the back of the declaration of independence (laughs) do you need me to go find it to um to make this spirit be at rest is this the only solution because the granddaughter refused to bury it with her grandmother and that seems like the best solution but now that that's off the table we got to find the scrolls that's Mm -hmm. that's the only solution that i see Show me the scrolls. Show me the scrolls. What's in the box? Where are the scrolls? So that concludes my episode about the Dybbuk box. You really never heard this story? Wow. No, I'd never heard it before. That was a really good story. I'm going to be thinking about this all night. That's very creepy. Fuck Zach Baggins. (laughs) Do you think if you got the box that it would have an anti-aging effect on you and help you? Or would you be one of those people who just got haunted by an old woman? I mean, God, I can only hope that it would reverse some of the effects that I'm getting in quarantine. I've gained so much weight. I've just like given up on my hair. I don't know if you can see my hair right now. Like I'm still going to work every day. You know, you just look like you play extreme sports. That's what your hair looks like. That's right. I'm an extreme sport participant who gains weight instead of losing it. That's exactly (laughs) who I am now. Yeah, so maybe I need a Dybbuk box. Anyone want to curse me with eternal youth? Um, I'm open to it. Talk to me about it first before you do it, but I'm, I could be open to it. Yeah, I think this box, we need to find a way to sell it to somebody who right. will just have the anti, who like won't be affected by it because they're already like so evil. They won't even notice it, you know? I wonder if like um, 
Paul Rudd if he has one of the Dybbuk boxes, and that's why he never seems to age. Right. Yeah. He's haunted. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Also, this would not be an LGH episode if we didn't just mention here. Natalia, you're always talking about an old woman whispering in your I ear know. at night. I know. that's That what... could be a Dybbuk. Right? Yeah. That whole scariest part of that whole story to me is him falling asleep on his computer and then waking up to the smell of something and like having something right on his neck and then when he turns around seeing something go loping down the hall like loping is like an animalistic movement you know it's like skipping almost creepy i hate it i hate it i hate it also my right airpod just got full of static right now as you were talking so that's haunted and now i'm creeped out also something haunted that our listeners are not aware of while we were taping this episode my (laughs) landlord came in and unplugged my computer so we thought we were going to lose the recording because it sewage is literally coming out of a pump somewhere on our property and the whole place smells like actual like shit death raw sewage yeah yeah and so maybe that's related. I mean, I don't know if I was going to do Ghost Adventures. I'd be like, I am not sure if this is related, <laughs> but due to the right. coincidence and the timing, I think it's necessary to share with my listeners that shit water is currently <laughs> coming up all around me. That my douchebag landlord came over unannounced and unplugged my computer and then said it was my fault for having an extension cord running from the outside to the inside. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but I've got to tell the listeners about it. Someone didn't want us to tell this story, but I'm so happy that you did, Natalia. This is very, very haunted. Thank you. Would you like to do our sign off? BRB, gotta go cut off an old woman's hair and put it next to a candle. Oh, wow. Amazing. All right, guys. Amazing. Bye. For this episode, my sources are dibicbox.com, exemplar.com, bbc.com, Wikipedia, and episode four of the Ghost Adventures Quarantine Series.